0: Alright, what's up? Welcome all to another panicky attack with Big John. Uh, do all that like, share, comment, subscribe stuff. Follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social. At the real underscore Big John. Had to pause a minute to make sure I remembered all my sociable medias there. Uh, let me turn the volume down. on this Christmas jam. There we go. I just want some background music. I don't want to be overshadowed. So, tonight was WWE or NXT, different brand, same right church, wrong pew, however they say that. Um, Going into this, I was kind of, it was a stacked card, a lot of good matches. Potential for a lot of good matches, I should say, and uh, I look forward to it all week. Um, My pre-shoe thoughts were, I'm going to rattle a cigar wrapper here, um, but I'm not going to light up just yet. Save it for the next video, maybe. Anyhow, um, my thoughts were it was going to be a good show. And It didn't disappoint. The first few matches were a little, mm, you know um, I, I was kind of eh. and they went by quick the last two matches were phenomenal and So that made up for the, the slow start um, But the, the matches were quick except for the last two so that's That's not bad. Um, I was looking forward to the Tiffany Stratton versus uh, Becky Lynch match the most probably uh, because this Tiffany Stratton has impressed me. Uh, I didn't really get the daddy's little rich girl gimmick. Um, I thought she was not going to be a good in-ring performer, and she surprised me with her athleticism. And with her uh, strength She's a a much stronger woman uh, Than she appears And that's good That's wrestling You know, uh, somebody comes out in a In ring gear that's excessive Like, I mean, she dresses the gimmick You know, a a rich girl And uh, so, yeah, that's That's good. That's a good it factor if somebody can pull you in and you say, well, you know, Ric Flair, for example, not that she's Ric Flair level, but Ric Flair, for example, you know, came out in the suits and the $10,000 robes. And you said, this, come on, this guy's going to get his ass kicked. And, Flair, especially in his early days, was an ass kicker. You know, he had that broken neck gimmick uh, where Harley Race put a bounty on his head. And his Flair comes back after, uh, who was it, Dick Dick Slater or whoever broke his neck, a couple guys. Uh, you know, comes after him with an aluminum baseball bat. And that's kind of how Tiffany Stratton is Is rising up to me. Uh, I think by the end of the year. She'll be on. Either Raw or Smackdown. Um, Dominic versus Trick. I thought. I wanted Dom to lose. But I thought now he's probably going to win. Melo Hayes. And. Ilio Dragunov. I thought at the beginning of this. That. Hayes would lose, and then he's going to end up on SmackDown or Raw, so let's see how my feelings played out, um, first they had a pre-show match, and I turned this on mm, 7.30, 7.45, and I thought I got the start time wrong, like, what the heck, they they got a match going already, but it was just a pre-show match, it wasn't, um, The main show I thought I missed 45 minutes of matches uh, to this match. I didn't even know was on the card Uh, and it was Blair Davenport versus uh, Kalani Jordan. Uh, Kalani Jordan debuted maybe a year ago and then poof, like Kaiser Soze disappeared. Uh, So Davenport won this match. Um, The latter half of it that I saw. It was a good match. I didn't give it any star ratings, but it was a, a decent match. Both women are good. Um, after the match, Davenport was attacked by uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, Gigi Dolan. Uh, I, I like. I didn't like when Gigi cried when um, her partner turned on her and beat the crap out of her, uh, J.C. Jane. I, I really didn't. I thought that as wrestlers don't cry, but anyhow, uh, I think Gigi is an attractive woman. I guess she gets some shit on social media over her looks, but I think she's she's very pretty, has a nice body, um, and is a good worker. So, as I talked in my last Rascal podcast, um, WWE has a lot of talented women. On its roster, if they would use them more. So, um, first match on the regular, uh, I guess we'll call them PLEs now, premium live events. The first match was Baron Corbin versus Braun Breaker. Um, I'm just like, Steiner would kill him in a real fight. <laughs> okay. Um, Corbin came out on a motorcycle. Never seen that before with him. He drove a motorcycle the whole 10 feet to the ring. You know, I see, I understand these big entrances if it's SummerSlam or WrestleMania. You know, Taker used to ride a motorcycle to the ring, but uh, even on Raw, the entranceway was a lot bigger and longer. So, but whatever. I just, I'm not a Baron Corbin fan. Uh, there was piped-in crowd noise, and it was very generic, video-game-ish crowd roaring in the background. Almost felt like Tecmo Bowl 1989 uh, crowd noise. Uh, and I don't know why Baron Corbin still has a job. As I mentioned, he's not one of my favorites. Um, they, it started with Braun doing a somersault. Out of the ring over the top rope. Which for a guy his size. He's over 6 feet. I don't know how much. But he's got to be 6'2 or 6'4. And built like a brick shit house. And for him to do a, a somersault over the top rope. Uh, on to Baron Corbin is just phenomenal athleticism. Uh, like uh, young Scott Steiner. His uncle. Uh, you know, who invented the Frankensteiner? It was the first time I ever saw that move. Now they call it a Hurricane Rana, and, you know, half the people in wrestling try to do it, but nobody does it as good as Scott. Maybe Braun, but Braun's so tall, he almost hits his head on the mat when he does it. Anyhow, so they fight up into the crowd. Um, finally, they bring the match into the ring. So the bell rings. This is. A regular match. It's not a uh, a falls count anywhere or no DQ match. Uh, they get in the ring. Um, Frankenstein are off of the top rope by Braun Breaker. Uh, like I said, crazy athleticism for a man his size. Uh, Corbin and Breaker... Uh, Put Breaker through the announce table. Breaker jumps right back up. Like not even phased by it. Corbin turns around in shock. Gets speared by Braun Breaker. Um, Mr. Stone. Who's not. Maybe I haven't been watching enough NXT. But um, he came from out of nowhere to get some kind of revenge on Braun Breaker. Yeah, Braun Breaker. And so he jumps off the top rope. Uh, Breaker throws him out of the ring. But it's a distraction enough for Corbin to hit his end of days move and beat Braun Breaker. Uh, The thing I, I don't like about this match and about Baron Corbin in general, I don't like to see him beat someone who's a bigger star than he is. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh... To me, you know, Baron Corbin is deceptively strong. I'll give him that. But deceptively strong to me means out of shape. The guy's got no muscle definition. Uh, And, you know, he's not Sammy Zane. Sammy is in... Look, everyone's in better shape than me. I shouldn't be talking, but... Sammy can go. Sammy can bump. Sammy is athletic. Baron Corbin is not. Just put, put it that way. So I really hate to see him beat a guy that's a bigger star. And I apologize for the crinkling of my 12-pack, 24-pack water bottle that costs $2. So the bottles are extremely cheap. There's probably some guy in Pittsburgh that fills these bottles in his bathtub. Probably not even filtered bottled water. Anyhow, enough about my water bottle. Um, I gave that match two and a half stars. Just really didn't do anything for me, especially uh, Baron Corbin winning. So the next one was Dominic Mysterio versus Trick Williams. Uh, I don't expect much out of this match, but uh, Dom to lose. <laughs> and I was wondering where Mommy and the Judgment Day are going to come into this, which they didn't, which was uh, probably the most shocking thing about the match in the evening. There was no Judgment Day. Uh, Rhea Ripley is either on vacation again or legitimately hurt by uh, the human sofa Nia Jax. So. Dominic has a fake black eye, and they did a pretty good job. I mean, it's blackened under his eye, and then there's some yellow around uh, his orbital socket, but it still looks painted on. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So the first ref, uh, Dragon Lee, the spatial guest referee, uh, got knocked out somehow. There was quickly a ref number two come in, and Dominic just flat out knocked this guy out. So why a third ref didn't come in and disqualify Dom, I don't know. But now both referees are down. Uh, Dragon Lee, the first ref, gets back up. Um, Dom tried to use the belt to knock Trick Williams out while the referees were... Uh, still groggy. Uh, instead Trick Williams ducked that, did a high knee to Dominic and Trick Williams got the win. So I gave it a 3 star just because Trick Williams won. Other than that it was a very, you know, basic match. Nothing super exciting, but it was decent, you know. Um then we had the fatal four-way tag match and these matches always have potential for being great, um, and it start out very slow. Uh, let me give you the players: um, the mo- the Mafia guys. I guess they're called the family. I just call them the Mafia because they're such a generic Mafia knockoff gimmick. The Creed brothers, uh, and then uh, Curly and. Uh, Garza and two guys I don't know. <laughs> um, the Creeds and Eiley Ni- Ivy Nile, pardon me. The Creed brothers and Ivy Nile. Um, they they've got so much upside in this business, so much potential. When the time is right, and that it, it's got to be done right though. They they can't just be thrown onto Raw or SmackDown and flounder. These are three people, especially the Creed brothers. They remind me so much of the Steiner brothers when they first came in. They have so much upside and potential. And I know Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling. WWE in general doesn't do tag team wrestling right. Like it was done in uh, the NWA or Crockett in the 80s. And I miss that. But the creeds have so much upside. And this Ivy now can say what you say about women that work out, but women that are buff and diesel attract me. So Garza, he's always impressed me. I don't understand where his push went, why he's uh, not a a bigger star. Um, Where the match picked up was there was a quadruple superplexes. All four teams in the ring, everybody up on the top rope in each corner, boom, quadruple suplexes, uh, shook the ring and caused the referee to fall down. Not a ref bump of any kind, but he just kind of took him a little bit. But the aftershock, I guess, of the ring bouncing uh, made him fall. So this got the fans chanting. This is awesome. And up to this point, I didn't really think it was, but this is where the match picked up and got, got fast. Uh, And things started happening. So I I started getting into it. Um, Brutus Creed has this move uh, called the Brutus ball. Uh, It looks like, you know, basically somebody doing a cannonball into a swimming pool. Uh, So everybody was on the outside except the Mafia guys and somebody from one of the other tag teams. Uh, Brutus did his Brutus ball onto the other three or four wrestlers outside the ring. I just thought it was cool for a guy that size. He's, He's stocky, he's compact, but he got up there, dove off the top rope with nothing spectacular other than a cannonball off the top rope, but it just—it made me go wow. So if I pop for it, hey, I'm going to pop for it. I'm going to give him props. Um, but this made time for the mafia to do their thing and win the match. So I gave it four and a half stars, and I, I don't know why, but I just did. I, it, not like these star ratings mean shit, but that's basically me mocking Dave Meltzer. So, but the Mafia retains their tag team titles, whatever, four and a half stars for the Mafia. Um, Next, they were showing backstage Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams uh, were celebrating Trick's win. Meanwhile, Becky Lynch is picking her plunder out for the hardcore match, uh, or what were they calling it? Were they calling it a hard, no, it was a. Extreme Rules Match, pardon me. It used to be called Hardcore Match. Uh, anyway, she's picking out her plunder, her weapons, putting them in a sh- in a shopping cart. Uh, just reminded me of New Jack, God rest his soul. Uh, you know, he used to come out in ECW with the shopping cart full of weapons. Um, this pay-per-view is going by quick, I, I noticed at this point. A- and they did that to save room for the uh, two main event matches. So this next one was Noam Dar versus Butch, also known as Pete Dunn, uh, for the Heritage Cup. Uh, Heritage Cup rules are weird. Uh, evidently, it's uh, it's a multi-round thing with a twenty-second break between rounds. Uh, I didn't expect expect much out of this, but Pete Dunn is one of my favorites. Um, so Pete Dunn comes out, Butch, whatever. Uh, he's doing his joint manipulation where he gets the guy in an arm bar and then he starts bending his fingers and dislocating fingers and all that. And it's just something you don't see anymore. You know, it's not like he's doing a choreographed dance. He's at, it looks like he's actually trying to hurt somebody. That's what I like about Pete Dunn or Butch. Uh, round one, there was no winner but Butch got KO'd with an uppercut after the bell. Uh, so Noam Dar won the second round of it. Uh, Pete Dunn won round 3. Round 4, Noam Dar fell asleep, but the referee, excuse me, the referee was looking for a tap out and didn't lift Pete Dunn's arm to see that he was unconscious. And or pardon me, didn't lift Noam Dar's arm to see if he was unconscious. And Pete Dunn is actually pointing at his opponent's arm, going, check his arm, he's asleep. You know, they used to do the they'd lift the arm three times, and then sometimes the guy would be unconscious, but most of the time, that's when the good guy would start his comeback. But anyways, no winner in round four, even though Pete Dunn put Noam Dar to sleep. That was pretty stupid, but... It was what it was. It, the bell rang with. Um, no Amdar asleep. No winner. Uh, round five. Butch uh, started breaking. <laughs> breaking fingers. But there was still no winner. So I'm like how many damn rounds are there to this shit? I thought it was. gonna. I could end at round four for me. And I would have been happy. But. We go to round six. So, these Parodage Cup matches are six rounds. A new thing. Um, round six, Noam Dar won. Uh, the coffee, coffee and the gallows came out to do a distraction. Uh, while they were beating up Pete Dunn's buddy on the outside, he did an over-the-top rope move and took out uh, the gallows and coffee. And then that distraction led to Noam Dar getting the win. I gave it a two stars. I couldn't give Pete Dunn anything less than that. But it, it was really a, a match that didn't didn't do much for me. It could have ended at round three, really, and and I would have been content. But it's a gimmick match. It's just there to. Fill a slot and entertain you. But. uh, Butch or Pete Dunne. Whatever they want to call him. He's a guy that really deserves. Some kind of mid card title. At least. In you know. Either Smackdown or Raw. Or maybe they should have left him in NXT. If they were going to. Give him a stupid gimmick. And destroy that badass character. That he is. So. Dragonoff versus Carmelo Hayes. Um, th- I thought this ought to be good. You got the high flyer versus the hard hitter. So that always makes for a, a good m- mix, a good uh, contrast of styles. There we go. So Dragunov, yeah, he's out there doing stiff chops and forearms and do, dominating, dragging off his dominating. Then uh, Hayes comes back with his own stiff moves, you know, kicks, punches, chops, forearms. So he was, you know, Carmelo Hayes showed some toughness here. That's good. I, I like that. And it, was, it became a back and forth match of uh, stiff shots, stiff punches, chops, forearms, Arm bars, you know, all kinds of moves, but a, a solid match. Um, as uh, I popped because, like, oh my gosh, Carmelo Hayes did this move with started out as a hurricane rana, and then he turned around and did kind of a bulldog on Dragunov. So he started with his head, his feet around Dragunov's head, and then spun around even more. And Got dragging off by the head and did a kind of bulldogish move. So that was something phenomenal that I've never seen before. Um, dragging off, he's a strong dude for his size. I mean, he's thick, he's built, he's put together, but he's short in stature, uh, kind of like a Kevin Sullivan, you know. And Kevin Sullivan in his younger day was like bodybuilder fit, but he was always a really small wrestler, like. Five, six, five foot, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But anyhow, Dragunov is put together, and he impresses me with his strength every time. Um, Dragunov wins this one with the Super H-Bomb off the top rope and is the new NXT champion. Uh, For those of you who don't know what the Super H-Bomb is... It's basically a flying fist off the top rope. My first reaction to the star rating system for this was 82 and a half stars. But I figured no one's going to get that. They're going to think I'm being an ass. Uh, Instead, I gave it an 11 star rating. Great match. Uh, Crowd was into it. This is awesome. Chance and all that jazz. Pretty cool. So now the main event, Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch. Um, Extreme Rules match could be women's match of the year. Uh, to rewind a second, I think Carmelo Hayes and off could be the best wrestling match of the year. I know, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Dave Meltzer. And people that put together these uh, matches of the year. They always pick a match from Japan. Or from uh, AAA in Mexico. But truthfully. The match that Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes had. It had everything a wrestling match should have. It wasn't a, a bunch of somersaults. It wasn't a choreographed dance. It was two wrestlers wrestling and fighting and it looked like they were trying to hurt each other in order to win it had a lot of false finishes it it was a good good old-school wrestling match all right now on to tiffy time uh and becky lynch um i expect tiffany stratton to really be something in wwe um Before the match, they showed Tegan Knox in the front row. Uh, She will wrestle the winner of this match on Monday Night Raw. Um, They also announced a new NXT Women's Breakout tournament where uh, they're going to bring a bunch of indie women wrestlers in, and the winner will get a shot at the NXT Women's Champion, whoever that is, down the road. So Tiffany strolls out uh, in this nice fuzzy robe. Um, Her attire really doesn't fit a no-rules match. It was very uh, pretty, (laughs) which that's her gimmick. You know, she's supposed to be really pretty, but then surprise you with her wrestling ability. And she did. Just that. So anyways, but nonetheless... Uh, Becky Lynch comes out, and I'm like, well, where's her shopping cart full of plunder? Uh, And I was like, oh, gosh, Tiffany has brass knucks. She had them on backwards, but she had brass knuckles. But that was one so you could see and everyone could see she had on brass knuckles. Or maybe she just doesn't know how to put brass knuckles on, right? I don't know. Uh, Anyways, uh, Becky went back to the backstage area, got her shopping cart full of plunder, and she also had um, a shirt on. She looked like she was ready for a no-rules match, an extreme match. Uh, Her fists were taped. She was wearing, uh, like, black pleather pants, but on her shirt was written the names of all the people she's fighting for. Uh, Seth Rollins' name was on there. Her daughter's name was there and most notably Bray Wyatt's name was on that shirt, so Stratton meets Becky about halfway up the aisle, Becky starts using her weapons, they fight into the crowd, Uh, already I was impressed with Tiffany Stratton being the pretty girl she is, and I'm not saying not just her physical looks, but you know, Pretty as in, oh, you're a pretty boy, you can't fight, you're not tough, that kind of gimmick. So Tiffany was already impressing me with her ability to take the cane shots, the chair shots. Um, Becky Lynch's makeup artist guy was in the crowd and handed her a, a big plastic fake gold necklace and she was beating Tiffany with the fake gold necklace. Uh, Pretty cool. First few minutes, Tiffy busted open wide already the hard way. Uh, I thought the blood looked fake, but as I started watching closer to see if the blood would rub off, it did stop bleeding, but there was a definite uh, nick over her right eye. So she did get cut open the hard way. Good for her. Um, Tiffany said, you guys want tables And then she couldn't find the table, so she went, how about a chair? Um, So, next big spot, uh, Becky rams Tiffany with the shopping cart and then throws Tiffany into the shopping cart and starts shoving the shopping cart into things. Now, does that really hurt your opponent? No. But it made for good looks and good crowd reaction. Um, Becky got a a big black bag. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do the thumbtacks. Instead, it was filled with Barbie dolls to, to mock Tiffany Stratton. You know, She's the Barbie doll. So Becky's slamming Tiffany on a pile of Barbie dolls and beating Tiffany with Barbie dolls. Again, not the most effective weapons, but if you've ever stepped on a toy in the middle of the night, in your bare feet or your socks it's like one of the worst surprise pains ever (laughs) so um i'm just like dang this is this is a battle then they finally get a table out uh and tiffany set up the table but then becky lynch disappeared and tiffany's running around the ring going where is she where's becky where'd she go uh Finally, she lifts up the side of the ring where Becky's hiding with a fire extinguisher, and she extinguishes Tiffany uh, and then pulls out the fake barbed wire baseball bat. Uh, It was so obvious that it was plastic toy barbed wire, but nonetheless, barbed wire baseball bat. Pretty cool. Um, They start talking about Becky having elbow injuries, and they were saying her right elbow was swelling and looked damaged. But to me, I looked at it and I, it looked like her left elbow was bruised up too. So I don't know we we'll have to pay attention to that down the road to see if uh, Becky has some uh, elbow injury. Because uh, it was a WrestleMania, she dislocated her shoulder but finished the match and the post-match shenanigans. So... Match went on. It was a great match. The fans were into it. I was impressed again with Tiffany Stratton's ability to work yet another style of wrestling match. She's shown athleticism to us. She's shown strength that she in, she's deceptively strong. Um, you can tell she's a, a woman that works out and you know she has thick legs, good upper body strength. But I'm always impressed as she's rising up at what she can do. Now she's done uh, an Extreme Rules match. She's bled the hard way. Pretty pretty awesome. Uh, Becky wins this one, however, when she does the manhandle slam onto the ten folding chairs that uh, Tiffany threw into the ring. Great finish to a a good show. The last two matches were off the charts. I gave this one 10 plus stars. I didn't know how to rate it. I just kept thinking in my head, 10 stars, 10 stars, 10 stars. So good show overall. Do we want to add up the stars and see how many it got as a show? So you hear 2.5, that's 5.5, plus 4. Four and a half. So that's 10 stars. Uh, Two stars. So now we're up to 12 stars. Then 11 stars. So we're at a 23 star pay-per-view. And then 10 stars. So 33 star pay-per-view altogether. (laughs) Dave Meltzer. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching my recap and review of NXT. No mercy. Good show overall. Uh, These wrestlers put their bodies and their health and their lives on the line. Uh, You know, as we've seen with Soraya and her neck injury, um, and other people. You know, Sasha Banks broke a foot uh, over in Japan doing what people now think is a simple move, going up to the top rope. But uh, you know, she slipped off and broke her foot. So by no means the matches might be predetermined, but not it's not fake. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> it, it, it was a good show, and uh, thanks everybody. God bless y'all. love somebody today. be the reason somebody feels loved Till next panic attack.